better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast wow. presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. Lots to cover today. Kyle, what's up, man? Hello, Joseph. Talking big uglies today on the show. Very exciting. What's that saying about deadlines? They spark action. Well, what happened yesterday in the NFL? Action was sparked. Action was sparked. We had a whole bunch of franchise tags exercised. Kind of changed the landscape of some of the uh, position groups. Many of them players that we talked about yesterday on the show. Um, Also, some players that we would have talked about today on the show will be impacted by this decision as well. So, Shuby, why don't you uh, roll out that list of nine guys for us? Some I'd be happy to do that. Yes, yeah. I'd be happy to do that for you. Uh, Chris Godwin, Justin Simmons, Allen Robinson, maybe a surprise. Cam Robinson, Leonard Williams, Marcus May, Brandon Scherf, Taylor Moten, Marcus Williams, and then the Dak Prescott placeholder tag. That really doesn't matter. Just a formality that he got the tag, but it is something to note. So notable guys that didn't get the tag, Shaq Barrett, Kenny Galladay, John Smith, Hunter Henry, Aaron Jones. Joe, your most surprising franchise tag recipient yesterday was who? Cam Robinson. No doubt about it. I mean, I get it. And I, and I, part of me really likes that they prioritize the offensive line because I think the rest of it's fine in Jacksonville, but I thought it was kind of an opportunity for them to move on and get a new player there. Now I know the free agent offensive tackle market is not very good. And we're going to talk about that in just a few moments, but I thought they're, you know, pick 23 where they were in prime shape to get a left tackle. Now, Maybe they said, no, we're not going to mess around with the rookie. We want to you know, use our resources to help us in other spots. We want to make sure Trevor Lawrence has a front five in front of him that they're comfortable with. And I think maybe about their Urban Meyer offense, and there's a lot of quick game, and they just really like his ability to be stout and get his arms out. But I didn't see enough consistency from Cam Robinson to justify this move. So just to bring a different name into the mix, I'm not super surprised that Allen Robinson got the tag because Chicago can't possibly let him walk for nothing, right? Like, even if he's done there in Chicago, you tag and trade him. Joe, your New Orleans Saints cap project (laughs) is more complex because they gave Marcus Williams the franchise tag. We're still waiting on that, by the way, Kyle. Still waiting. Correct. We are. Sam has delivered it. Sam delivered it. I, I endorsed it. So... I think what's interesting about what happened yesterday with, with Mickey Loomis and the salary cap and everybody, oh, once again, oh, the, the cap is fake and whatever. Retaining a player doesn't mean the cap's fake. You still got to field a team. You right. still got a lot of work to do. And eventually, uh, you're going to have to pay for what's been deferred through restructures and you know, being up against the salary cap. So, uh, the Saints might pull this off for another year, but I don't think it gets any easier without one really bad, ugly Band-Aid year at some point down the road. It's just a question of how long you get there. Well, yeah, and it wasn't the time to flex on people that think the salary cap is real because what this really did was took them to from $48 million over to $58 million over, right? And, and by 4 o'clock on Wednesday of next week, p.m. Eastern time, they got to be under the cap. So things 
more things now have to happen for that to be true. And obviously they're staring at, you know, Ryan Ramchek and, and Marshawn Lattimore, a couple of guys that are, are up for extension. So uh, it, it, salary cap is real. It should be manipulated. But my goodness, there's still a ton of work now for this Saints team to do. Now, one thing that I, I did keep in mind with that Marcus Williams tag is kind of goes back to that the value that we saw with the safety tags, right, when we were doing the right. podcast last week. I mean, let's be honest, that's probably less than – What Marcus Williams would have yeah, actually yeah. Right, like he was going to get 14, 15, and I think the tag for safeties is around 10. So they, yeah, they got a deal here. So for one yeah, year, good, good market rate for a year. And you now you can maybe lock these guys in and give them big signing bonuses and deferred over a five year stretch and hope to get to that, you know, five year window with the tel- television deals where they're talking about the cap potentially growing to $250 million. And if that's the case, then, then all's good. And, and you can let these guys, let some of these contracts expire and, and turn them over. But you're really going to be log jammed here as far as flexibility to move off of what you have. Of the nine guys that were tagged, we've got some repeats here, Kyle. Justin Simmons, Leonard Williams, Brandon Scherf, and technically Dak Prescott, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had four four of the nine were repeats. So teams were willing to pay that, you know, that escalator for that second tag with these guys. 20%, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that happened yesterday. Listen, we have been telling you about Bill Barts, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. It's the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness, and there is a tournament, and today's matchup is Banana Nut Bread versus Toffee Almond and Orange versus Peanut Butter. Kyle, who are you picking in these matchups? Banana Nut Bread versus Toffee Almond. Is that correct? Yes. Banana nut bread, right? Banana nut bread, yes. It's yeah, a top, that's a top five bar, I think. Ooh, I disagree that with that, but it's better than the uh, toffee. Toffee almond. nut, okay. And then the other one is orange versus who? Peanut butter. Orange. Yeah, I'm with the orange. It, it tastes Refreshing. like a pop, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, so those are our picks. If you want to vote, go to BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Built underscore bar to vote for your choice and remember, when you buy your Bilt Bars, use our promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off on your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. All right, Kyle, we're talking big uglies. And Scherf, Moton, not available. Washington's playing paying eighteen million dollars for Brandon Scherf this year. It's a good player, but that's eighteen million dollars. It kind of like why couldn't you get a deal done? Because they could have gotten a deal done that pays him less than eighteen million dollars this year. Correct. Trent Williams. Speaking of Washington, Trent Williams did not get the tag from San Francisco. You you have to think they want him back. He was amazing last year. Great fit for that style of play. Yeah. Um, you want to start with him? 33 years old this season. Annual average salary was $13.2 million. With his level of play, we've seen some – you see Jason Peters play into the yeah. twilight of his career. You saw Andrew Whitworth play into the twilight of his career. Should we be talking about anything less than like 
top five tackle money for Trent Williams? PFF says four years, 80 million. So 20, 20 million, million average. So yeah. that would be two, I believe, behind Laramie Tunsil, and that's it. Yeah, what about did Bakhtiari probably got that, Oh, yeah, sure. Bakhtiari, yeah. I think they'd get that. Yeah, so that, yeah, but that would be three. Top three money at the yeah. position. Um, so San Francisco, I mean, obviously the the value that they paid to get him into the building was a steal. And maybe that's why they feel a little bit more willing to be flexible and see what else comes their way. But you're not going to find a better left tackle for that offense than, than what Trent Williams can provide based on what he played last year. And there's no reason to think that there's going to be some significant steep drop off that you should have cold feet about. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And look, I think what's really interesting about kind of where we could pivot from here with this conversation is Trent Williams, kind of the banner guy. And then there's a drop off, man. Like if you think you're going to sign a free agent left tackle, you're, you're going to be searching because there's not a whole lot. I know Alejandro Villanueva, who's been a consistent player for Pittsburgh. He's getting older now, but that could have played into Jacksonville's decision to slap the tag on Cam Robinson. They got a ton of money and at least they're, they're familiar with him. I know a different regime, but you know, the drop-off here at tackle is pretty significant. I love Daryl Williams at right tackle. He's the number one thing I want the bills do in terms of bringing him back. Obviously he had a great year last year, but as far as left tackles, man, it's Trent Williams. You get a stopgap in Villanueva and what? <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here looking at it now. It gets gets really ugly uh, beyond beyond Cam Robinson, Trent Williams, Sam Tevy's an unrestricted free agent. <laughs> hey, he started oh, that, some games, man. That, that's the next best left tackle in the market. Like Jason Peters at this point, he's 39 years old. Uh, Russell Okun, who played in – 40% of the snaps for Carolina last year. It's just, dude, I mean, Colt Honer. Dude, like if you need Chad Green, there's like three starting caliber tackles available on the market. Kendall Lamb. Oh, dude. Jason Spriggs, pour one out for that draft. Right. Listen, Kyle Krabs, yikes. Listen, don't beat yourself up. I love Spriggs too. And we've had good conversations about that prototype of tackle lately. And, and they are boom or bust. And when they bust, they bust. When they boom, they boom. There's never any middle ground with these guys. But, um, I mean, look, Trent Williams, Villanueva, Daryl Williams. What else, what, else, what else do you see here as starting caliber? Kelvin Beecham maybe for, for a season? Yeah, not not for left tackles. Good good tackle draft here. We, we, we really like the tackles in the draft. But this gets this gets dicey. Is it, Shuby. Do you have any thoughts on this tackle class here? I mean, is it, I know the Jets kind of went on some guys last year, but I mean, you interested in Mike Remmers or Cameron Fleming? No, no, thank you. No, this is, Hard this pass. is rough. This is rough for teams that want to try to rebuild their offensive lines. There are not a lot of options available here. I'm glad we're doing this podcast so we can prepare people for it because this, this group isn't great. You're going to have to use the draft to, to address these needs. If this is one of the needs that's listed for you, you are more than likely going to use draft capital than salary capital in order to, fit, to, to, to fix these holes. Now, what could be interesting in the coming days, and we've seen it already, is the players that are going to get released. I don't know that there's any like names that pop immediately for me, but you have to think somebody serviceable is going to be cut at some point here. 
Marcus Cannon. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess that's an interesting one, right? Um, we were kind of on Trent Brown watch, and then he got traded. As a guy who potentially, yeah, I mean, bag of peanuts, literally. Isaiah Wilson gets traded for nothing. Right. These are good dice rolls. For sure. And that's all they are. That's all they really are. But, you know, you look at the guys who are on the market and they, they're in the league because they're big bodies, right? And you just, you just can't coach big bodies. What's interesting about, so New England, it, they gave up a, a five for a seven. They gave up a five, got a seven back in Trent Brown. Mm-hmm. They have that cap space too. You know what I mean? Like, and they have that familiarity there. So they've they don't have anything else on offense, right? Nothing, but they got an offensive line. And maybe that's just part of the big plan here. Win up front, plug it in elsewhere at your skill positions. But yeah, you know, I guess I guess when you think about the move that Miami made to get Isaiah Wilson, you think about the Trent Brown trade, you think about the the cap or the tag being slapped on Cam Robinson. I think it is a a clear sign from the NFL about what's available here in this tackle market. Do we want to do right tackles next? Just finish the offensive tackle group. I, I feel like we kind of covered a Daryl Williams and Matt Filer. Fat Matt Filer. You could look at him as a guard or a right tackle. He's had success in both spots. So I think Filer is kind of an underrated name here. No love for my guy, John Wetzel. Cool. You throwing me under the bus right now? <laughs> uh, hey, a John, nine-year pro, man. Nine-year pro. John, John, I'm looking at his name on the over-the-cap uh, list of right tackles available in free agency, and John is working with us this offseason doing some scouting. So had to at least mention him. Right, you're going to tell him to listen to the, uh, the yeah, 10 make, to 15 hey, minute John, mark. John, make sure you come in and listen to uh, Wednesday's draft, dudes. Real good talk about offensive line free agency. We talked about you a little bit. Yeah, shout out to Joe <laughs> overlooking it. Great, <laughs> shout out to you, Kyle. Appreciate that. Oh man, listen, so, may, maybe this tackle class isn't worth betting on, but if you want to bet, you got to wow. check out Bet Online. It's the fastest segue. and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows. And reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We have breaking news on the pod. Do we? Yeah, so we're recording on Tuesday night. I don't know what this is going to be. Chris, I don't know if you saw the projection uh, for at most what the salary cap is going to be in 2021. Did you see this? I have not seen this. No, I'm staring at Twitter because I know that when we record these shows now, there's there's, you know, room for something to break. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have not seen this. So this came through on what did what did Roto World rebrand themselves as NBC Sports Edge or something like that? Um, The cap in 2021 will at most quote at most, be $183 million. I hate it. You knew that I was going to get triggered when you said that, didn't the, you? The floor was 180 It was originally 175 They bumped it up. 
We had been told a few months ago, look for somewhere around 181. Sounds like it's going to come in just a touch higher than that, 183. So it is in in grand total 17 or $18 million reduced from the 2020 cap. I'm sick about this. Because in the aftermath of Dak Prescott, everybody started talking, well, Jerry Jones must know something about the TV deals that are coming through. And according to Charles Robinson, there are people in the NFL that think the new TV deal will be double. That leads to a $250 million salary cap in five years. This salary cap dip is ridiculous. The only person that this is good for is the owners, and they're going to be just fine. They're the ones that are winning through all of this. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for the players. It's not good for the teams. It's good for the owners, though. So anyway, so anyway, you want to do centers or guards next? You're just, I mean, so let's go center. Corey Winsley, a big name out there. Great. So prominent centers in free agency. Nick Martin, Austin Blythe, Ted Karras, Alex Mack, Corey Lindsley, David Andrews. Joe, your favorite, Matt Skura. I don't have a problem with Matt Skura. You're thinking of Patrick with well, the guy, the other McCarty, guy. McCarty. Yeah, he can't snap. He cannot snap. It's a problem. They get negative plays every game because that guy can't shotgun snap. This is this is a pretty solid yeah. group of free agent centers. This is a good position group. You got one, two, three, four guys last year who played in 100% of their team's offensive snaps. In Martin, Blythe, Karras, and uh, Dan Feeney. I mean, I think you look at Lindsley, Andrews, Ryder, Blythe, those four guys, and throw Karras into the mix there. You have five guys that I think are like starters, that a team could sign and get a starter. Did you mention Martin? No, Martin. Nick Martin. Nick Martin, yeah. Six six starting centers. And who knows if, I mean, Alex Smith might, or Alex Mack might be done. He had a great run, great career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He definitely had a decline this past season. Marquise Pouncey was also set to be, uh, an expiring contract, but he also retired, or he did retire already. So, so I mean, I'm guessing Miami's in the market for one of these guys, right? Uh, it's either Karis, bring Karis back, or you're you're going to have to find somebody, whether that's through the NFL draft or otherwise. Well, they've been tied to Lindsley. I don't think Lindsley really fits their mo up front, but not large enough. Correct. And David Andrews only 300 pounds. Correct. Karras was like 312, I think. He was the lightest guy on the line last year. So you're getting Ethan Pochick? <laughs> Probably not. I would expect that, you know, this 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 feels like a good spot for a Landon Dickerson, Creed Humphrey. Yeah. Maybe they go off script and reunite Nick Martin with his former quarterback. Mm. No, I don't know. Who knows? Probably not. Nick Martin's annual average salary was like eleven million dollars. Well, his uh, PFF projects him to get two years, eight and a half million. Oh, there you go. Take that, right? He's only two hundred ninety-five pounds, though. That could be a it's, problem. It's Bill O'Brien's fault that he got that big number. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. Correct. Nobody else is probably going to pay him anywhere near that, right? 
Bottom so, line here is great, great group. Yes, this is if you need a, a man in the middle, this is a great year to need it between this and you look at if you want to put Rayshon Slater as a center, which we think he can be. You got Landon Dickerson. You've got Creed Humphrey. Quinn Miners is a late day two, early day three guy who got a little bit of work at center. You say Josh Trey, Myers? Josh Myers. Trey Hill from Georgia. You got some options at center this year. And all different kinds of costs associated with them. So you, you could talk about a quarter of the league getting a new starting center this year. And I don't think that'll be the, the amount of turnover we see. But the opportunities will be there for that to be the case. Well, I, I mean, I I think that's actually a good place to set the over-under. That's eight teams. And we just talked about how many starting caliber centers were on the market. We could see enough change here to... I mean, we we talk about the running back landscape, the quarterback landscape, but the center landscape could shift. Speaking of shifting gears, um, before we get into guards, if you want to get yourself, get your team a new center this offseason, but you don't know where these guys are going to be valued, where they'll be available, just swing over to the Draft Network, check out the Mock Draft Machine. And if you want the best experience, TDM Premium gives you all the trades. You could possibly desire future picks. The computer will offer you deals as the board falls. You can kind of get a feel for where these interior offensive linemen are going to be. You also get trait-by-trait scouting reports on over 400 prospects from the 2021 NFL Draft. Uh, trait-by-trait. Each one's over like a thousand words long. Lots of film study that's gone into these from our TD and scouting staff. Access to the premium expert forum where you could talk with other football fans about which starting center your team should go after. Lots of good opportunities to be a smarter, more engaged football fan this offseason. Go over to thedraftnetwork.com. Check out TN Premium. Joe, let's talk about guards. Joe Tooney. We, we talked all about him last year, right? They put the tag on him and then they didn't do it this year. I think presumably they must like the idea of uh, they got Trent Brown, right? So they have a right tackle. They have Marcus Cannon coming back. They probably think Michael Owen you can slide inside the guard. Can. And th- yeah. And they'll be just fine there. So Joe Tooney is going to hit the market, man. If they bring back Andrews and you go Andrews on Wayne, you and Trent Brown from the center over to the, the right-hand side. It's a mean ass group. Well, Shaq Mason and Isaiah Wynn, this is this is a good group, man. Correct. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. They'll, they'll run the ball. It <laughs> feels like what, it's kind of what they've wanted to do, right? <laughs> you have to have some passing threat, right? Like, you have to have some multifaceted dynamics to your offense. But Joe Tooney, who's going to pay this guy $14, 15000000 Cincinnati should. You're right. They got the money. I know we talked about, well, the teams with space, I mean, in, in does the need match? I mean, uh, do we see him going to Jacksonville? I feel like they're kind of set on the interior. Now, if they move on from Andrew Norwell, that could change that. Um, My computer is. Yikes. F in the chat. 
Well, I just had a pop-up that's really annoying to me, and it's not allowing me to open what I want to open here. Well, let's move on then. Well, I want to see the cap space. Here we go. So Jaguars, Jets, Patriots, Colts, Bengals. You said it, Bengals. Mm -hmm. Right there it is. That's Chargers. Either one of those teams is the team. Bengals, Chargers. Yeah, get her done. Who else do you like here in these guards? Well, you got both starting guards from the Raiders. Oh, uh, Richie Incognito didn't play this past year, but he's now on the market. So you got Gabe Jackson and Ricky, Richie Incognito. Both cut. Nick Easton, cut. James Carpenter, cut. Then you get down into the uh, J.R. Sweezy's, John Miller's, John Feliciano's of the world. Forest yeah. Lamps of the world. Kyle Fel- Long's coming out of retirement, guys. <laughs> right. Honestly, I would probably call Kyle Long before I called anybody after Joe Thune on the interior. Is that a hot take? Maybe Nick Easton? Nick Easton. Yeah, he was. He got a big deal from the Saints. In the Maybe Houston. Nick Easton. No, you'd rather have Kyle Long if he can be healthy. Um John Feliciano's been an important player for the Bills over the last couple of years. He's been injured, but he certainly brings an edge and some nastiness. He could play center and guard. I think he likes playing center, so he, he potentially adds to a loaded center group. And I think with the Mitch Morse restructure, probably a signal that the Bills might be moving on from Feliciano. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, if a team wants to run the ball, I mean, he gets after it downhill. So just a couple of the guys who played a majority of their snaps this past year that we didn't mention yet. Uh, Chris Reed started 85 or played 86.5% of the snaps for the Panthers. Dakota Dozier started 100% of the snaps for the Vikings. Jermaine Effetti, 99.5% of snaps for the Chicago Bears. Ethan Pokic, 87.5% for Seattle. Effetti had like his best year. Yeah. It took him like, you know. He's on that Eric Flowers plan, man. Actually, you know, Fetty's only 26. Right. He's on that Eric Flowers plan. He's going to stick around for like another five years and play a decade in the league. Right. And he's going to start for like five teams along the way. <laughs> and it's going to be like, how the hell is this dude still starting? But he's going to do it year over year over year over year because he's athletic. He is toolsy and he's a big body. And now he's inside, so he's a little bit more protected. Yeah. Good for him, man. That's a great career, man. Still think Filer's a sleeper in this offensive line group. You play him guard or tackle. Mm-hmm. Lane Taylor's somewhat interesting. I know he could play like every spot. Was expected to be a starter for Green Bay last year. Uh, he got hurt with a knee. But um, no, if you're looking for versatility, I know he's he's 31 now. But you know, if you're looking for that Swiss Army knife on your offensive line, you know Lane Taylor certainly named the pops to me. So. We just got done talking about Jermaine Effetti's going to be in, in the, the league for a decade, and we're going to look up and wonder how in the hell he's still playing, still active. Joe, I present to you, in this year's free agent pool, Chance Wormack. <laughs> no. <laughs> still so hanging on, brother. Chance Wormack. Remember, it was Chance Wormack. top and- 10 pick. Jonathan James Warmack and, and Jonathan Cooper. Mike Mayock had Warmack as his number one overall player that year, didn't he? Or at some point he did. Now, if that is the case, uh, to Mike's credit, the 2013 draft, I challenge you to go back and take a look at it. 
Yeah, not great. It wasn't very good. But uh, yeah, chance chance Wormack still still in here too. So I, I guess Joe, the the overarching thesis of this show is if you need a center, you're in good shape. If you need anything else, mm. thank goodness it's a good draft for offense. Like it's a disproportionately good draft for offensive line. Yeah, we've been needing this. So if I'm a team and I want upgrades. I'm calling Joe Thune. I'm calling Trent Williams, gauging interest. But I'm not moving on some of these mid-tier guys until I get some clarity on who I can land in the draft. And with the cap reduction being what it is, you might see a lot of stagnant players in the offensive line market, more so than the skill players, where I think there's more change and opportunity to be had. Uh, everybody needs offensive linemen. You got a couple top heavy guys. The centers are going to move uh, because teams can feel you could start and address a need. But if I'm a team and I, I have middle of the road cap space at my disposal, why would I want to go out and sign a fringe? I Jermaine Effetti as an example. Why would I want to sign Jermaine Effetti to a $5 million annual average salary contract until I see what I can get in the draft? Chris, what did George Fink get from the Jets? Wasn't it three years, $30 million? It was a lot. I can pull it up for you here in a second. Why would you sign a player of George Fink's caliber to that contract ahead of the draft in such a deep tackle class? What did you say it was? Three years, $30 million. It was. They got a little bit of a discount. Three years, $27.3 million. Okay. So it wasn't that bad. $9.1 million annual average salary per season. Why are you signing that player to that deal in this market with so many good offensive tackles in the draft. You agree? I agree. So that would be our, our prediction. Keep an eye on for the free agent offensive line market, but that is going to do it for us today on the show. Thanks as always for tuning in, checking things out. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. We will be back again tomorrow for another episode. Plus we have a live stream on Thursday night, youtube.com, the draft network. Uh, Chris, remind me what we're doing tomorrow night on the stream. Uh, Thursday night on the stream, we are doing free agency doomsday scenarios. So since free go. agency is going to open up for uh, for the league here in a couple of days, we want everybody to pile in their doomsday scenario. What, what signing would absolutely drive them through a wall and we are going to discuss them all and talk about how much of a doomsday scenario they really are. So we'll have a lot of fun with that uh, tomorrow night. Alternatively, you could talk about what we talked about. If you need a certain position and those players all sign elsewhere, well, that could also qualify as a doomsday scenario. So we're running on your hypotheticals and your scenarios. So I know we didn't do takes on takes this week. So come with something ready for the live stream tomorrow night. Thanks as always for listening to Draft Dudes. We'll talk with you very soon.